Hello, book lovers everywhere, and welcome to this writing challenge horror edition. My name is Jess, and this is CamCat Unwrapped. Back in May, we celebrated our podcast's one-year anniversary by bringing on four of our CamCat authors to participate in a writing challenge. We had so much fun putting that episode together, and you guys seem to like that episode so much that we thought we would just bring it on as a regular segment on our show. So in honor of spooky season coming, we are doing a horror-themed challenge today. Just like last time, authors will be given a prompt and one hour to work together to create a short story or scene. The catch is that these authors have never worked together before and have no idea what the prompt is going to be until the challenge begins. Once time is up, I'll hop back on and read their work aloud. This is going to be a super fun challenge, you guys. We've got on four of our amazing CamCat horror authors, so we are definitely in for an eerie, bone-chilling treat, and I simply cannot wait anymore. So without further ado, let's meet our authors. Alex slash AJ slash that guy over there, um, if you wouldn't mind taking, a, taking it away to start, that would be awesome. Really, really boned by the alphabetical. That's fine. I thought we were going to do ladies first, but that's fine. It's cool. Hi. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. It's me, Alexander James. I'm here, uh, and I'm very excited to be here. I am a horror writer. I wrote this book. It's called The Woodkin. It's on that shelf over there. Uh, it's about monsters in the woods and running from your trauma, and it's very lighthearted, really big in rom-com season. I think Hallmark's talking about it for, a, for an adaptation come Christmas time, which is very exciting for me, Alexander James, who is here on this podcast. I've never, I've never written live with a group of people before. I have never had my uh, first drafts read aloud. So this is great, and I'm not terrified in the slightest. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm just going to to leave it at that. So, Joe, why don't you? <laughs> I mean, everybody knows what we're here for. So, obviously, the Woodkin being a rom com, while quite accurate, is um, I'm just going to to let that settle in with everyone, and we'll move on to Joe. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Joe Kaplan. Um, I am the author of the horror novels "It Will Just Be Us" and "When the Night Bells Ring." This one is sort of a horror western. It takes place in an abandoned ghost town in Nevada and a haunted mine. And we go into the past, into the 1800s, and see what was going on with uh, some creatures coming out of the mine. Um, I've also written a number of short stories in magazines and some award-winning anthologies. Uh, but I also have never written with other people in a condensed time frame. And as uh, as a planner and also a professor, I tend to work on very slow long time frames so this will be an exciting challenge well i'm very excited to have you here and i'm sorry i might have thrown you off by saying we were going to do alphabetical order i meant by last name dave so i'm sorry if that threw <laughs> you um but you're up if that's helpful or i guess brendan would have been next but <laughs> now you're really confusing me uh hi everyone <laughs> Hi everyone, uh, I'm David Opelgaard. Uh, I'm the author of Clawheart Mountain, uh, which is, of course titles inverted in the webcam, but um, yeah, and it's a novel about uh, a bunch of college students who find an overturned armored van at the base of Clawheart Mountain. 
and uh, they decided to take the money because it's been abandoned. And then after that, uh, kind of all hell breaks loose throughout the book, and they have trouble making it off the mountain alive. <laughs> and um, I've been uh, writing for a long time. I believe this is my uh, sixth published book or fifth, sixth. And uh, I've gotten, I've received a Bram Stoker nomination for horror. And uh, yeah, I just really love horror and writing in general. And uh, I've never done this either. I don't think it'd be weird if I had actually, I don't know. I'm not even in a writing group or anything. So I've been a lone wolf for, for like some long time, 30 years of writing books. <laughs> Wow. So I'm, I'm really loving that none of you have done this before. Brendan, I'm curious if you will have as well, because I feel like that led so well to why this is a challenge, uh, because I'm sure any of you, I could say, okay, write something for an hour and you'd be able to bring out a masterpiece. But this is going to, this is where the challenge element comes in. And also don't worry, Dave, we're yeah, flipping it in post. So everybody is going to see the cover <laughs> the correct way. But we will also let everyone keep hearing this lovely banter. <laughs> Brendan, let's hear about you. But no, to answer your question, Jess, uh, never done anything like this. Uh, I mean, you know, writers, we're all like loners. We don't have friends, you know, like we just sit and, you know, read and write all day right so you know writing with other people it's you know it's 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 gonna be i'm i'm excited for for the for the challenge but yes i'm uh brendan veo um i'm the author of uh girl among crows don't scare too much um the story uh i've sort of always been unhealthily obsessed with uh child disappearances and abductions ever since when as a way too young kid, my dad told me the story of his sister's best friend who never came home from school. She disappeared after getting off the bus and uh, they found her later. They never solved the crime. Uh, a few months later, um, one of my sister's friends disappeared and that crime was never solved. Um, so yeah, that was a lot for an 11 year old to sort of process. and. Um, and this story sort of uh, came up uh, from that, where my main character, Daphne Gage, uh, her brother disappeared 30 years ago, um, and now there's abductions again. Uh, and she's convinced that those abductions 30 years apart are related. Uh, <laughs> and um, spoiler alert, they might be. I, I'm simply speechless. That is the absolute wildest backstory I ever heard today. And I've interviewed many people. So, wow. I'm, I'm sorry, but also I imagine this has been an integral part of what has made you a successful writer. So also congratulations. Is that terrible to say? Con I fully congratulations on the missing kids on is a pretty wild take, but I'm here for it, honestly. <laughs> Well, more congratulations on how it has shaped you into a, a, an amazing author. Um, a, a more like congratulations on having your book coming out this November is really real. Thank you, Alex, for, for kind of helping me shift gears there. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you guys. I'm t a little taken aback, but thank you guys. I'm so excited that you guys are here to be participating in this challenge it definitely seems like we've got the right foursome on here um 
I feel like we should just jump into it. So I have my little phone timer here um, that I'll be setting. I'll give you guys 15 minute warnings as time goes. Feel free to do this however you so choose. Um, All that I will tell you is the prompt, which is getting lost in the woods. And now I will set my timer and take off my headphones and I will see you all in 15 minutes to give you your timing. But uh, really, and see you in an hour. <laughs> so really, moving Alex, right? This is perfect for you and Joe too, right? I was going to say, Alex, for sure. Yeah, both of you. Um, I actually just wrote a novel that involves people getting lost in the woods. Um, so I just sent that to the <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we use that to grab a chapter of that and then we'll just shoot the shit for 45 minutes? Copy and paste it in. I think Jess gave us kind of a fastball down the middle. Okay, so like, uh, uh, how much of an outline do we want to like build together? Do, do we want to say like, you know, concrete parts or just like come up with a loose structure and then everybody takes a chunk? I've I never like done that. this before. Yeah, I think first we need like a, well, obviously a concept and some characters and then build from there. It's kind of an interesting idea to um if we each had a different character we we came up with a plot together you know what i mean because the, the, the structure of the writing prompt is kind of interesting we're each unique we might each have a different voice but then we have to we could, uh, yeah first or third <laughs> could have made our we we all create a character and, and our characters want a same same thing or perhaps uh, conflicting things in some way well, why would all of our characters be in the woods? Yeah. And presumably, or maybe together, or at least how would they intersect? I think I, I like starting with the characters, but I often start yes. with a scenario because I don't know who is in this until I know what the scenario is. Can I can I pitch a can I pitch a twist right off the jump for like instead of its four four characters, uh, what if it's two characters, a bad guy, and the woods, and somebody is the voice of the woods. Interesting. I thought you were going to say one character with schizophrenia. It's just one guy, <laughs> sort of glass style, talking to himself yeah. the whole way. Yeah. The problem if you make the woods a character, though, is the woods can only kind of be a passive observer. But that could also work if you were, yeah. Unless the trees are like. Disagree, my friend. You've clearly uh, dipped. Well, hang on. I can't. This is a, this is a family podcast. I can't talk about we're not allowed to use like LSD in it or I was literally about to be like you've never dipped acid in the woods, right? Maybe the trees are alive and they're trying to kill people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we also get they're whopping What would the trees want? Less less Yeah. And there's so many this is like one choice informs a whole story, right? And it's just a bunch of branches will go down mm-hmm. like are, is the rules of this world is it are we going to do it like world without supernatural stuff or is it going to be a supernatural story or is it somewhere in between like that also informs what kind of woods they are sure my suggestion of vengeful or killer trees is clearly supernatural so we all have supernatural stuff in our books right do we do we all write supernatural i do i do so so that tends to be where i lean when i write horror i like having some kind of weird supernatural element to it all right what about not for the first time in my life i choose to be a scared little girl who's lost in the woods 
I let I can be a scared little girl lost in the woods. That can be one of our characters. And then what do you guys want to do? How did you get lost got, in the woods? She, uh, thank you so much for asking, wandered away from summer camp. Love it. Yeah. Okay, summer camp is nearby. It gives you all kinds of got her kids yeah. lost in the road. Woods. Yeah. They're go where they're going. Sorry, I like to, I'm visual, so I'm just writing notes on our document, which we can delete. Oh, yeah. Um, no, we, we, we will need notes. I feel very strongly about this. Yes. <laughs> so we have a little girl okay. who wandered away from summer camp and got lost. Um, did she wander with somebody or did she meet somebody else in the woods? Yeah, they're going somewhere. I'm also... They, they left yeah. camp to go somewhere, right? Maybe she sure. ran off. Maybe there's a counselor who realized they were missing and went off to follow them. Okay. I don't know. I like that. No, I like I like an adult because an adult perspective lends like a little bit of credence to what's actually happening because kids are unreliable narrators inherently because their brains are small and not formed all the way. Uh, okay, so did they go looking for a specific destination or experience from, well, or maybe like a rumor? I was going to say, I mean, campfire stories in summer camps, like there was a scary, probably urban legend about something in the woods and they decided they have to go see it or, or there's some kind of like dare or like, you know. Uh, a dare is classic. A dare is vintage horror. I love that. I like this idea of like the camp counselor as the person who maybe told the story the night before, because that, because then we can wrap up like that, that person who offers the story is for, is potentially somebody who did something bad, which messes with little kid morals. And so we can have an interesting relationship between the kid that wandered off and the counselor who followed because the counselor as a counselor is supposed to be somebody that you trust but the person that tells a scary story who did a scary thing is somebody that you do not trust okay so uh urban myth i think is an easy it's kind of a layup as far as like campfire stories um what is in the easily walkable vicinity of this summer camp that uh, a camp counselor would tell at a fireside like an old fire tower fire tower is good something something abandoned or or the site of something that happened where do we want this set uh you know i'm from new england so i'm like i'm like okay you know there's like witches still practicing there but you know in in la you know we have witches of our own i was gonna say there's pretty sure there's witches in la <laughs> well i was gonna say there's there's a like what was that what was that that cult from uh the 80s in in la right oh there's been yeah tons of cults in right. la right. crazy how many there have been and dave minnesota what's what's scary in minnesota mosquitoes are about as big as you um killed a bunch of uh kids there 30 years ago i mean it's deep yeah <laughs> a witch cast a curse that led to a horde of mosquitoes, which sucked the blood out of. <laughs> yes, yes, I like this basketball-sized mosquitoes, invented by a witch's curse. It's real thick woods up north, but you got to go farther north in the Twin Cities where I live. But yeah, um, a lot of lakes, a lot of rivers. This is so. This is very simple, and feel free to laugh it out of the room. But like, what if the counselor? tells these kids, these young, impressionable kids, have you guys ever heard of a fire tower? It's the, it's a tower they build to memorialize fires. <laughs> I like that. 
and like we can i mean because like a fire is like anything happens like a witch can cause a fire or like you know it can be an accident it can be intentional but like i like this idea of like a counselor telling these kids like oh you know about that fire tower a mile away like that they put it there because of the fire because like kids believe anything kids are dumb doesn't need to be a fire tower but any kind of structure that's like visible from a distance that so it's believable a kid can find it I like, I love, yeah. I love writing at the golden hour because writing about like the light slipping away from the woods well, is one of my favorite things to be. Tonight. All right. So where do we start? Because like we, we have an hour, yeah. which is a terrifying concept to me. So we have this conceit. We have a destination. Where do we start the story? Because we can't start with the, we can't start with the campfire counselor telling the story because that's boring. What if they're arguing about leaving camp while the like the dinner bell is sounding and everyone's rushing to the cafeteria? So in the chaos, you know, we got like this action, and we really have them at the start of the journey. Then right there at the edge of camp. Similar, right. I was going to say, yeah, in the mess, you know, one one character goes to the next and you know says like, hey, let's go out this door, and in the chaos, they get to flip away. They've got uh, backpacks strategically placed somewhere for all their supplies. Uh, this it's really hot. There's lots of mosquitoes outside. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and then they just, they have to cleverly sneak away and then, you know, and then what they're doing and why they're going out there. Um, do you want to tell it from there, from, I'm, I'm thinking two kids, two girls is fine, but, uh, what do you think maybe yeah. about, about, uh, we sort of start with like a long view of like watching these kids interact and sneak around and then sort of building off of what I thought Alex is, uh, what Alex might've suggested before is the view is actually from the camp counselor the whole time, like watching and then tracking uh, uh, these kids maybe so that we don't have to jump around uh, in perspectives. So that leads me to my other question, which is how do we actually write this monster being the actual doc? Because like each of us, <laughs> building a sentence at a time is not very efficient and is going to be a mess. So do we split perspective so that we each write from one point of view, or do we take sections where one person writes the, you know, the, the journey to the fire tower, one person writes the discovery of the fire tower. One, you know, do we break it down chronologically like that? That sounds the easiest to me, but okay. It would also lend itself easily to dovetailing because if you can see where one person starts, then that's where you're like, okay, I got to wrap my section so that I dovetail nicely with them. Yeah. Yeah. And we can make those connections as they, as they happen. Uh, okay. So in that case, four, four parts of a story. So what are those four parts? Obviously the first one would be they're, they're, they're sneaking away um, off into the woods to go find this fire tower. I think the classic the classic decision to sneak away is like iconic youth horror, right? Because like you're you're doing something inherently rule breaking. It's in summer camp where you feel a little bit liberated. Like I think that's a classic bit. Um how do you guys feel about number 2 being like a section of walking through the woods at sunset to build that natural tension like Dave uh, said, and then the, the discovery of the fire tower where it's like, suddenly the thing that you guys are doing is now real and standing in front of you. At that point, I guess I'm still wondering, so what's like the actual horror 
related to this tower. I feel like we never quite landed on exactly what we wanted to do because I feel like yeah. section three is going to be need to be about that. I, I wrote something about, you know, maybe too the, the, the kids saw the camp counselor do something bad. Hey, authors, 45 what? minutes remaining. Oh, thanks, Jess. <laughs> okay, let's talk faster. Okay, what if it's another kid? What if they get up there and then there's another kid up there that's just like playing in the sand or whatever? Could be why they get lost. No. A creepy kid? There's also perhaps another motive. The, you know, the camp counselor isn't as wholesome as he or she seems. Uh, they, the kids saw the camp counselor do something. And, uh, you know, that's what I was thinking. Maybe from the camp counselor's view the whole time. And then, you know, uh, we naively think, oh, yeah, they're, the, the counselor is watching the kids to protect them. But, you know, maybe they're not. What if the camp counselor is shepherding the kids to the fire tower? What if the camp counselor did the thing? And they're a ghost. For some kind of sacrifice. Oh. <laughs> For some kind of sacrifice, exactly is what I was thinking. But they're a ghost who lives at the summer camp. And every summer, they just rope off two of the slightly more excitable children. I feel like that summer camp would get shut down real fast. Well, this is horror land, think... Joe. Where you can lose cell service at the drop of a hat. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's an opportunity. Okay, sometimes I really like to dip into like yeah, horror yeah. gets really weird and just like screws around with reality. Like, what if they go up to the fire tower and they should easily be able to see the camp from there, right? But it's just woods. It's just woods <laughs> all the way around. Something is there's some anomaly that makes this fire tower either out, outside of space, outside of time, outside of reality in some way that they get up there and they're like, holy crap are we and we, they have no idea how they could possibly get back i don't know how that ties into everything else but it's an option for lost i like this the idea of like when the woods becomes this really unsettlingly foreign entity that is it's some strong it's, it's hostile because it's like <laughs> yeah, so you don't know some what could happen reality is totally different here do we combine if that's the case if we're if we're talking about like the lost aspect being the journey back do we combine parts one and two to be the decision to sneak away and the journey of the tower sort of smushed up so that the actual meat of the bit two three and four can be the actual lost prompt i think that could work because i don't know how much we can do with number two aside from like walking yeah we did and then something is like something is at the tower that prompts this this change of the woods maybe it's like uh, a memento or I, I don't you know something eerie and then the woods are different yeah and the camp counselor is from this different so i feel like we 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 had like a clear vision and then we decided to we moved back to the lost prompt and now ironically we are also lost uh so okay the kids get lost great and then they no, find no, 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 you're fine. No, no, if the writer is lost. Yeah, right. So, Brandy, you're fine. Like that's that's you're you're nothing but good. So, it, once the woods are different, where are we at? Are the kids being <laughs> fed to something that this camp counselor is insidiously like putting them to? Are they then just like I keep just like imagining the wick, like the fire tower as like the wicker man. <laughs> and I'm just going to be like burned in it. 
Well, I was thinking more just as a way to explain um, why they're lost. It's just, you know, there's there's some sort of myth or, you know, about mythos about this, about the fire tower. And, you know, in going there, they do something or don't do something. And then that's why we, you know, I think Joe's, Joe's idea of, of, you know, suddenly the, it's all trees and, you know, the, the terrain has completely changed on them. That's what I was saying. Yeah, we got to start writing. <laughs> oh, I know. No. I know. I'm, I'm freaking out about time right now, guys. It's crazy. We do it to be right. We just. Maybe whoever has the third section can just. Figure it out. Just it. figure it out, guys. But then, of course, that leaves us with section four. Um, in which case, uh, ultimately, do we want to wrap it up with them finding the camp? Do we want to wrap it up with them? 45 minutes. Let's do no hope. This is the, this is the question. Do we choose hope or no hope? <laughs> I tend to write dark endings. I write no hope endings as well. No hope. Now, where do we? Okay, so with the the whole counselor thing, we're gonna have to have the counselor. You know what? Somehow in the background, the first couple sections, we get the I'm sense that this counselor is following in them. And we get the sense they're trying to help. Where do we want this like twist that the counselor's actually some lady who's a little Stevie Nicky, you know? The bad guy. Section three. Uh, yeah. What if counselor's a witch? Counselor's a witch. I just wrote that. Counselor's a witch. The children have been teleported to a time before civilization. Beautiful. They were building brooms. <laughs> so ultimately there we have it the i'll do i'll do this shitty second sh section i'll do the i'll do the the bad one i could, i'd be happy to do three or four <laughs> it's not bad it's just like there's there's a there's a lot of like improv in that second section okay. i well i know i came up with the thing where like the the woods change so do you want me to do that one no it's fine it's it's magic, a moment for the words are nothing this job's easy uh brendan do you want three or four i'll try i'll try four unless someone really wants it okay and then i'll i'll do the journey i'll do the opening section then okay okay oh, because i i am in three territory okay real quick names character yeah. names do, uh, we have two little girls uh, what are their names slobethany uh i heard bethany somewhere in there uh it's actually slobethany it's a Counselors, the counselor is Barnabas. Barnabas, <laughs> male witch. He goes by Barney. His real name is Barnes. Uh, Barnes and the counselor. Barnes yeah. is it somehow related? Uh, Abby and Abby and Sarah. Let's just keep it simple. Yeah, that's actually that's perfect. Okay, we I got. I'm so I'm so nervous about. We actually have to start writing words now. We really do. We really do. Let's do third person. Um, obviously, we're following Abby and Katie, but if, especially sections one and two, if you can sprinkle in something about Barnes following them, watching them, if we can pull back some to get some of that, because otherwise, we don't know if we're just with Abby and Katie. We don't know. I'll just start on one. They right here. don't know that he's following them. Okay, so do they do they know or do they don't know? Oh, you want me to? But they didn't know that the counselor was following them, but they could like talk about how the counselor told them about this fire. Dan, you want me to, you, you want to start right. on, I'm just going to suggest you want to go to, uh, you want to start with, uh, with, with the, with the kids perspective and what they're doing. And then I could, I could just do like a paragraph or two barns mm -hmm. that we could sprinkle in. Yeah. I'll just start on one right here. You know, we want to do like section breaks. Well, I was just going to have them see some, like a shadow behind them somewhere and a, just a weird feeling. And that would be Barnes' okay. presence. So keep the monster off screen, at least for the, first couple but they'll talk about him so he'll be present in their conversation okay yeah yeah they could say what they okay. what they've seen him do or not seen 
we're going strictly based on vibes and grammar and spelling are kind of like a loose concept, right? Yeah, that's what the editor's for. Great, we, thank you, know, you. Don't worry about that. You just you, we get the story out, and then the editor fixes it all. That's correct. That's what we do here. Thirty minutes oh, remaining, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you can bleep that out, Max. That's on me. Joe, I don't know how you want to leave your... Joe, you're doing Section 3, right? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, they're going to find Barnes. They just came down from the fire tower. Um, they're a little freaked out because they didn't see the camp. And they're going to okay. confront Barnes. Okay, no, no, good. No, I just, just wing I, it. I don't know where, where you want to section in. Do you, do, you want, do you want Barnes to appear? And then I guess I hmm. talk as Barnes. Sure. What is the uh, myth about the fire tower exactly that Barnes has said? Maybe it's it's haunted by. Uh, usually camps have it's tied to the camp somehow, like the mythos of the camp itself. So maybe like a counselor died up there. Yeah, and now it's haunted ever since and oh. closed. That's a good question. Well, maybe it was a, a fire watcher like went crazy. Fire. T- uh, mm-hmm. Is it? So, is it haunted by the kids that have gotten lost? Maybe somebody fell from the fire tower. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, and now it's haunted ever since, and Ooh. it's closed. Oh, maybe it was a, a fire watcher. So, like a fire like, watch. What, what are those people called? Fire watch. Uh, men? Yeah, they're um rangers. Uh, I mean, typically, fire ranger went crazy out there, isolated in the woods, and park ranger. Maybe came into camp and and, <laughs> and uh, killed a kid, and then the. Well, that's really crazy dark. Has anybody described the fire tower yet? Sort of describe it. It's like, I, I just looking at pictures of it. Uh, fire towers online. Okay. Um, I said metal, nope. but if we if we like wood better, I could do that. I said it's like a little creaky and not super stable. Okay, that's fine. I can go with that. So you're right. Yes, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> there. Are well, no, they they ones. build the fire tower out of wood. No, they 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 typically build them out of wood because it's lighter and easier to carry up a up a hill oh. because they they carry the structure up and then build it at the top and it's also not to withstand fire it's to find yeah. fire i guess if the tower is already burning you're a bad fire watcher how do you spell higgledy piggledy not that way not that way. i guess wrong joe i'll tell you what h-i-g-g <laughs> jess just figure it out jess it's higgledy piggledy you'll get there what's a good age for the yeah. girls like uh 10 10 and 11 maybe abby's slightly older yeah i'm ruining the story just so you know same whatever Honestly, I ruined it from the jump. Who's right, doing, uh, right, who's number three, Joe? Is that you? Me, yes. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making stuff up. Did you reference anything in the fire tower? So I referenced the fire ranger who killed a camper and that there may be a camper's ghost lurking around and they're, and they're starting to get afraid that the fire ranger is chasing them. But it's going to turn out, of course, to be Barnes. Okay, okay, okay. The thought just occurred to me. I really hope they don't display the dock as we're writing on it because it would ruin any illusions I had of being a good writer who could spell or write correctly the first time around. I guess it's either that actually it'll be I guess it's either that or just our faces sort of just like staring at a blank Google Doc. Yeah. Not looking at my I have two screens and there's my camera and there's my writing screen. So I'm just like not looking at myself. Wow. Listen to Miss listen to Miss LA, everybody. (laughs) Oof, two screens. Listen, everybody should have two screens. Hey guys, no way, this no is way. your 15 minute warning. 15, okay. All right, all right, all right. We got this. We got this. I believe in you. You got Look this. Look how much we did in 15 yeah. minutes. We didn't start writing. So, can I ask y'all for, like, what's the twist here? Here, I have, like, 
Barnes, they're like they're they're lost, they're 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 tired, they're cold. Maybe Barnes is the ranger. You know, Barnes is there, you know, shaking. Maybe Barnes hey, listen, then. listen. Just make Barnes the bad guy and, and God help you. <laughs> okay, well thank you. Uh but okay, so what Abby's saying, she's like somehow she's able to realize there never was any crazy crazy ranger oh, was there, no kids really died of power, there's no real ghosts. And then Barnes is like Actually there actually, is one. There is. And that, and now I'm kind of it's, stuck. <laughs> Hello, it's me. <laughs> I, Hello, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I don't know. Do whatever you want with him. Make him a witch who wants to eat them. Make him a, a ranger who wants to burn them alive. Do whatever you want. <laughs> this, Yeah, it's all Trust chaos, you. Brandon. You got this, bro. This makes sense. All right, we're going with it. Would we consider sack up an appropriate phrase for 10-year-old children to use? Probably not 10-year-old girls. Fine. No. <laughs> Well, this this whole section is ruined, and thank you very much. For any humans. Your, gird your ovaries. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, sure. The 10-year-olds still say sack up. I'm Instead, kidding. they say gird your ovaries. <laughs> uh, Jess, if you can hear me, can you give us like a five so that I can frantically finish this section, please? She's got her headphones off, doesn't she? Great. Never mind. There is not enough alcohol in the world to help me finish this section properly. Guys, I'm going to be so H with you a few drinks before this my handle across socials is drunk scribe so i feel fairly fairly on board with you there my newsletter is called books and booze books with who is changing yeah, my format you. david david how dare you <laughs> well, everyone else is indenting so can't believe how much words we've uh, accomplished here ah, that's how joe does it two what? and three or two and three are looking really good too uh, <laughs> Are they any good? Who knows? Hey, everybody. Time is Boom, okay. up. I would say pencils down, but I think it's in the nick of time. don't need that. <laughs> how, how was it? Hey, Jess, who, anger, who angered you enough to make this a bit? <laughs> a little painful. Well, you, I mean, I'm sorry that it no. was so painful. This is kind of, um, this is pretty sweet. <laughs> Uh, I remember, gosh, I think it was back in March when we were trying to come up with our special thing to do for the anniversary episode. Um, I pitched this as like a, this could be fun. 28, 2400 words in a tight 35 minutes is cause for celebrating. Yeah, 2415. That makes no sense. It is very <laughs> impressive. Well, I'm very excited to get into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, big question here. How did you like working as a team? How was it different from when you do your I, stuff individually? Uh, it was all the way different. It was a little tough at first because we all had some I, good ideas that we were throwing out and we were trying to like find ways to make them mesh together. Um, but it seemed like we were all very okay. in agreement about some of the different things that we liked. So that was nice. Very nice. Um, did you feel like you guys took on different roles? What yeah. was your strategy in approaching this? Well, uh, once we had our framework for what the story was going to be, we it was cool to, to divide it into the four sections and bring them in together. And then while we were writing, we were t still talking to each other to make sure we're all on the same page. So, you know, if there's something in a backpack, for example, it's in both parts. 
Okay. Um, did you said you guys were mostly in agreement on things, but were there any plot points or ideas that you ended up that you liked initially, but maybe didn't end up going with? Sorry. Yeah. I was just gonna say, I think we had like good ideas and then we forgot the prompts and then we had to, we got lost in the woods of our own prompt. Oh, Dave. I don't think that's necessary. I'm glad that you guys were able to bring it back, but I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world if you guys got a little bit lost in the prompt. Um, I'm sure either way you were able to bring it back. And then just for clarification purposes, um, because I have not looked at this, I did not hear anything you guys were saying, but I could hear MC and Gabe laughing a ton because they could hear you guys. were they watching uh, us? I just, <laughs> I think it was more just amused. By hey, listen, comments. tell MC and Gabe that if they know how to spell higgledy piggledy, the time to tell me was a full 30 minutes ago. <laughs> well, what's great about this too is as I'm reading, I will be reading it as I see it. So if it doesn't look like higgledy piggledy to me, I don't know um, how it will look. Um, but that I, I also am going to be trying my best to make sure that I'm actually an effective reader and not uh, stumbling through myself so that if there are any mistakes, it is absolutely on you guys. <laughs> um, I mean, did you guys yeah. have a okay. fun time? Would you work with this team again? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some hesitance. <laughs> I see. I was yeah. looking at Joe nodding, and everyone else was silent. I was like, okay, so yeah, Joe. Like it. Do. Well, it's not about the team, yeah. it's about the process. What I want to uh, write with four people at the time. And I think there's a reason you usually write a book by yourself. So Dave is a no. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It could be like, you know, anybody. It did bring out, it did bring out like, uh, made me hyper focus a little more than if I was alone though. Like I was like, I don't want to let the team down. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I, I think cool. it was fun overall. It was, it was great to, to sort of hear what, how others sort of work and, and, and process the, the prompts and how, how everyone sort of thinks. So I thought that yeah, was cool. What was your favorite part about it? Speaking of things that you thought were cool, what was your favorite part about having this team? Beginning when we were all kind of throwing out ideas <laughs> was kind of fun making stuff up together it looked like you guys were having a good time i could only see your faces i couldn't see what yeah. you were writing i couldn't hear what you were saying but i was seeing a lot of smiling and like nodding of heads so i was like oh great like they work well together we picked well i like hearing the cross chatter when i'm trying to write at the same time i'm like that's not a thing that's ever there was there was <laughs> one moment where i was get that i'm working i was trying to finish my section and dave and brendan were trying to like sync up their sections and i was like i'm begging you two to shut up like i respect you two so much but like i'm begging you to shut up yeah, it was kind of fun, though, like trying to write towards the beginning of the next section. So we each took different sections and I was like, OK, so like okay. I saw exactly where Brendan had started his section. I was like, OK, I need to end it at this moment. So how am I going to get there? <laughs> uh, what's so funny is the last time we did this challenge, the authors also decided to break up into sections and write their own stuff, um, which I think especially given that you our own each your own creative minds and doing your own thing I, I think that's the best way to get your voice in there so i'm very excited as a reader to get into that but um 
I, I when I first came up with this terrible idea, <laughs> um, it my thought being that I'm also not a writer, so what would I know? Was that you guys would somehow be able to like, oh, you know, let's have we'll elect Joe to do the writing, and you know, we and we'll all just kind of throw in ideas, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or like Joe will do the typing, but we'll all be coming up with the story collectively. Uh, again, what do I know about actual writing? I'm gl I'm glad that the the process has continuously been we're all going to do our own thing. I'm so and then bring I'm it all so together. mad that we could have just let Joe do the work and the three of us could have just sat on the side. <laughs> like none of us considered that one person could do all the stuff and the rest of us could just sit here and stand in silence. Did you guys feel like you took on different roles as you were writing? Did you agree like, okay, you're going to take on the climax of the story. You're going to take on the buildup. Did you feel like there was a clear leader who was like, oh, this is the idea guy. I guess we'll kind of fall off the, uh, follow off of them. What, uh, yeah. How, how did that work for you guys? Dave was, Dave immediately took the lead of as far as like note taking and writing down the actual good ideas, which strikes me as a genius move because that meant that <laughs> Dave could it could automatically filter out the bad ideas without telling the rest of us, which is very diplomatic and I appreciate it a lot. And also if you don't filter, like if you get a list of 15 ideas, then like the time limit was the biggest thing. Like you could do it a lot of different ways with more time. But I was just yeah. And also just things that I would hear because then I'd be trying to think of ideas myself so i'm sure i didn't sure, hear some yeah. of things we're processing on two levels when you know definitely I was trying to well then in that case too. does sound like yeah, you I, did have somebody writing down the ideas aj's over here trying to make me feel i mean listen funny. if you have if you do another one of these and you have a group of writers that can seamlessly write the same character's voice bouncing around each other hats off to those people they deserve their future oh, nobel yeah. because i could never <laughs> Well, this is why you're authors. You don't need to uh you don't need to rely on anybody else to build out your stories. Are you guys ready to hear your your story back? Are you? Uh I'm hearing nervous laughter but no affirmation. Is there time to get a fresh beverage before we hear our first draft read back to us aloud? That's a joke. Oh obviously. my gosh, this is so long. You, I mean, however you prefer to go to to enjoy your own work, um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say go for it. All right. <laughs> um, but uh, if if there are no object objections, I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. Well, listeners, this is Lost in the Woods by. Alexander James, Joe Kaplan, and Dave Opegard, and Brendan Bayo. It was dinner time at Camp Hope, but Abby and Katie weren't interested in pizza night at the cafeteria. Abby had already packed a backpack with a flashlight, bug spray, and snacks while Katie was wearing her camo pants and hiking boots. While all the other campers rushed toward the cafeteria, they stayed back in the cabin until they were alone. This might not be the greatest idea, Katie said as they walked toward the north edge of camp. We could get in so much trouble. Who cares, Abby said, slipping the backpack on her shoulders. When we get back to camp, we'll be legends. I guess. I'm not really at camp to, be fam to become famous. You heard what Barnes said last night at the campfire. 
The fire tower is totally haunted. You really think that fire ranger sacrificed kids up there? Why not? Anybody would go crazy alone in the woods all summer like that. Staring out across the forest, waiting for smoke to appear? I feel like I'm going crazy after five days without my cell phone. Abby and Katie reached the edge of the woods. Abby took a deep breath, adjusted the straps of her backpack, and went first into the tree line. Katie, after hesitating a moment, followed behind. The mosquitoes, which had been feasting on them all throughout camp, now attacked them in full force, excited by the twilight hour. Abby, who was 11 and older than Katie by one year, promised herself she wouldn't complain first. I think we might die of blood loss, Katie complained after maybe 10 minutes of hiking. Our corpses will be like empty corn husks when they find us. I've got bug spray. I'm already covered in bug spray. I think the mosquitoes like it. The fire tower, always visible from camp, grew larger as they approached it. The woods had grown increasingly quiet the further they hiked, which made the girls grow more reflective as well. Abby stopped. What was that? What? I thought I heard something, like a branch snapping. The girls looked behind them. The trees had become a blur of shadows. It was, a, it was probably just a squirrel. It sounds bigger than that, Katie said, sounding doubtful. Maybe two squirrels. Maybe they're humping. Katie laughed. They kept going, using the tower as their guide. The wind picked up, a, the wind picked up and a scattering of dark shapes swirled above them in the forest canopy. What are those? Abby asked. Bats, Katie said. They like to feed at dusk, remember? Abby shivered. She didn't like bats. A bat had snuck into her house that... A bat had snuck into their house one night, and her dad had chased it around with a broom until he knocked it down. It's okay, Katie said, squeezing Abby's hand. Bats are a valuable member of the ecosystem. Why is my heart racing so fast already? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm already getting nervous. Abby grinned at the dorkiness of her friend. They continued until the trees fell away and the fire tower rose high above them in a clearing. I can't believe that guy, Katie said. What a creepy story. I know, right? There's a bunch of impressionable kids at this camp. Who knows what we would think? Maybe one of us would have, like, some fire trauma or whatever. Abby reached around her shoulder, opening the backpack zipper. I'm hungry. Want a snack? A snack? Katie frowned. We just had dinner. Abby rolled her eyes. Dinner? Lukewarm cheese, tomato paste, and slimy pepperoni on it barely counts as pizza. I'm having a Kit Kat. The two girls sat in the shadows beneath the trees, gnawing at the clearing, their backs to the leaning, ancient fire tower. I don't like looking at it, Katie mumbled, swatting at a mosquito. It feels, it feels like it's watching me. That's what I'm saying, Abby gestured with the Kit Kat, her mouth full of chocolate. That's the trauma. <laughs> Come on, I want to check it out before dark. <laughs> if Counselor Barnes finds out we're out past curfew, he'll tell the director. She got to her feet, shouldering the backpack stuffed to the brim with candy. I'm, I think I'm okay, Katie said. Abby rolled her eyes. Bro, come on. It's a fire tower. It was just a story. The last rays of sunlight slipped up the trees, 
golden light turning amber. Mosquitoes whined through the new gloaming. Katie slapped at one buzzing around her neck. I'm just, maybe we should turn around. Abby crumpled up the candy wrapper and stuffed it in a pocket, turning. I'm going. If you want to be a big baby and stay back here while I check out the super cool haunted fire tower, you can. I'll tell everyone back at camp that I was the one who faced off against the ghosts, and you stayed here in the trees like a weenie. She made it two steps before Katie rushed to her elbow, pressing against the backpack and staring up the fire tower. It's so creepy. The fire tower pressed against the dusk, shadowed against the rapidly darkening trees. Wooden beams crisscrossed. Here we go. Piggledy, piggledy. Hey, listen, dear reader, if you know a better way to spell that, you let me know. No, honestly, I I think this is it. Piggledy, piggledy. Um, If that was that the correct pronunciation, AJ, did I get that? You crushed it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take that sentence again. Wooden beams crisscrossed higgledy-piggledy, throwing twisting silhouettes across the dead grass clearing. The roof was pitched almost sideways, the result of some windstorm that the forest had long since recovered. The roof was pitched almost sideways, the result of some windstorm that the forest had long since recovered from. Last one up's a rotten egg, Abby cried, running for the stairs. The two girls spiraled up the stairs, giggling and bouncing against each other. They got to the most intact balcony, the mostly intact balcony, just as the sun faded to the tops of the trees, turning the evergreens a burnt gold red as far as the girls could see, all the way to the mountains looming against the skyline. It looks like they're on fire, Katie whispered, her eyes huge. She leaned over the balcony, like the whole forest is on fire. Now who's telling ghost stories? Abby nudged the younger girl with a smile. Come on, let's go and look inside. The inside was small, like weirdly small. Room for one cot surrounded by dusty and broken windows, a small small side table, and... What's that? Katie pointed. A book sat on a pedestal pressed against one wall, dark leather covered in dust, binding pages yellowed and snaggletoothed. I want to touch it. What are you nuts? Katie snapped, grabbing the backpack after grabbing the backpack before Abby could walk into the fire tower. Come on, Katie, we're here, aren't we? You telling me we walked all the way out here to not touch the big scary book? Get out of here. It's bad, Abby. I know it. I got a bad feeling about this. Call the Scooby-Doo gang. I'm going. You can either woman up and go in with me, or you can go crying to Barnes. I'm not telling that weirdo anything. Okay, come on. They approached step by step. One with a backpack full of candy and possessed with, right, okay, yeah. And possessed with the zeal and confidence that an 11-year-old wearing a backpack full of candy can feel. And the other trepidatious. Okay, we'll touch it at the same time, right? Here we go. Abby sounded like someone had punched her in the gut. Holes in her lungs. One. Two. Kitty closed her eyes and gritted her teeth. Neither of them heard the footsteps in the brush beneath them. Neither of them saw the figure part the trees, looking up at the fire tower. 
three. Two hands touched the hardened leather, which at the very last minute changed to feel like ancient, petrified skin. The earth shook. The book split down the middle and hissed, a column of black smoke that smelled like sour eggs escaping with a shriek. Katie screamed and Abby flinched backwards, which was just enough to send the two girls falling back against the floor of the quaking fire tower. We're going to die, Katie screamed, gripping Abby for dear life. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Abby got to her feet, gripping the doorframe of the fire tower for support. The woods danced in front of her eyes, the structure of the fire tower shaking the horizon. Come on, we got to go. They staggered to the edge, grasping the balcony for support. Do you, do you see that? Katie gasped. The woods weren't the same. The sedate golden evergreens from the trail up had shifted, morphing into something similar, but also inherently different. Ancient moss dripped from the leaning branches, heavy with enough to dip into the soil and bury themselves in fresh tree graves. Their tips had stopped burning and were now steeped in darkness, swaddling them from their huge around bases and narrow spindly tips. The trees, Katie whispered. There, another shiver rocked the staircase. Who gave a shit about the trees? Abby snapped, turning toward the stairs. We gotta get out of here. Abby took two steps down the rickety metal staircase, and it groaned beneath her, arms flailing. She grabbed onto the scaffolding. The ground, 50 feet below, promised death, the smashing of limbs against hard dirt. Every shadow as night descended seemed a looming figure, the fire ranger ready to shove them over the edge. Each of them expected to see at any moment a little boy in camp uniform, pale and dirt smudged, eyes two hollow sockets forever trapped where he died. Careful, Katie shouted as the whole structure swayed. Abby moved carefully down another five steps. Do you want to get back to camp or not? There were tears in Katie's voice. There is no camp. Shut up. We just couldn't see it, dork. The tower groaned around them like a great mechanical beast urging them to the ground, which their feet met gratefully. Which way back? Um, Abby looked around. That way? You don't sound sure. Abby grabbed Katie by the hand and pulled. Come on! The woods swallowed them, trees bending inward as if to snatch them. Dry dirt and dead leaves crunched beneath their shoes. Wait a minute. Katie stopped, pulling Abby to a halt beside her, and they found themselves staring up at a cluster of burnt trees like blackened matchsticks standing from the earth. The ghost of a fire lingered in the air. We didn't pass this on the way in. We probably didn't notice, Abby said, but uncertainty bled into her voice. They kept going deeper into the... Sorry, I'm going to take that again. They kept going deeper into the corpse of burnt trees. Cops of burnt trees slowing now at the, as the night deepened. All hope of making it back to camp before dark was obliterated in their minds. Whoa. There it is. The crack of a twig halted their steps. What was that? Shh! Someone's following us. The fire ranger, the one who went crazy and killed that camper, it had to be him, his ghost, his shadow, still out for blood. Katie's heart slammed in her ears. Abby's breath hitched. They whirled around, looking back through the endless sea of trees, marching into the darkness. And were they taller now? 
The canopy loomed high above, the trees huge and ancient, almost primeval. Was that a shape creeping around the edge of a trunk? Was that a hand curling around the bark? No, nothing there. No one following. Dinner must be long over by now. Campers would be settling into their cabins, everyone cozy and full. And would the counselors have realized two of them were missing? Would anyone even come to look for them? Sorry, would anyone even think to come to look for them? Would anyone even think to come look for them? There it is. Would Barnes tell the others about that story? Maybe someone would think to come out to the tower. Look, I think there's an opening in the trees right there. Abby pointed, ran ahead, and yes, it was a clearing. The trees were parting. It must be the camp. But there were no lights, no familiar shapes. Just one, the looming skeletal structure of the fire tower. No, breathed Katie. We didn't go in a circle, did we? Abby only shook her head. The woods stood around them, endless, all circling, converging on this rusted old tower. Like there was something here that drew everything to it. Something hungry. The ranger. Katie let the backpack slump from her shoulder and sank to the ground. We're never getting out of here. Get up, Abby snapped, yanking Katie to her feet. Look, I think that's the right path. It better be. They went ahead, but as soon as the trees enclosed them again, it was clear none of this was familiar. That presence again, behind them, hairs on the back of their necks prickling, and a footfall. Oh my god, it's the ranger! Katie shrieked as the trees rustled and shook like laughter in the breeze. Abby couldn't help herself. A scream rose up in her throat as she saw a shadow lurking between the old trees, and their voices rang into the night. Abby and Katie couldn't scream anymore. Their voices had gone dry and their throats cracked. In their silence, again, the owls overtook the night, shaking the trees. Heard rustling. Waved their cell phones' flashlights. A bald patch of rock, a branch with a long shadow of skeletal fingers that reached out to them. Abby. Katie tugged on Abby's sleeve. In the middle of the path stood a dark figure. Clouds covered the moon. The light went out. Abby slapped her phone, cursing under her breath. When she held it up, she caught the sight of Converse sneakers, hairy legs, basketball shorts. Girls, 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 said the figure. Abby's heart pumped. Mr. Barnes? She's close, said Barnes. Anger smoldered in Abby. There never was any crazy ranger, was there, she said. No kids really died at the fire tower. No, the kids died, said Barnes, but of course no one mentions my mother. Twenty years ago, all they talked about was how crazy she was. Out here alone on the tower, watching over, protecting the town. Abby shook her head, not understanding. Your mother was the ranger? She <laughs> killed those kids? Now Barnes looked angry. They killed her, he said, in the tower. But she still gets lonely. Abby became aware of another shape in the path, huddled over, shaking. Let's get another beer. Yeah, Brandon. Well, that makes sense. Cell phone, not cell phone. Ooh, what a twist <laughs> ending. <laughs> the backpack. <laughs> Who's holding well, the backpack? I have to say. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> 
<laughs> I loved that. I I am still a little goosebumpy. I hope I did that justice because as I was reading it, I felt very attached to the story almost instantly. I la- With the last one to me, it was very clear who had written which section because they were so very different. But with this one, you guys made it blend together so seamlessly. I couldn't even tell you where one section ended and another began, except for the higgledy-piggledy. Um, I really, truly had no idea who could have written each one. I mean, that was really, really cool. And for 35 minutes of writing and, and 25 minutes of planning, that, that was so really, much. really cool. I think, I think um, it was, I, I, I loved it. And like, I loved, I loved every person's section, but I particularly loved that. Like for the most part, we managed to hive mind the details into each other like abby was sort of the leader in all of ours katie was sort of the follower um we had this idea of like this camp counselor and like and then brandon took all of that and in the last section like just made it work which was doubly (laughs) impressive to me because not only was it just like a loose collection of ideas but then brendan had to like make something out of it at the end and i thought he did a great job yeah did you know that did all of you know that that was how it was going to end and then you decide oh, okay. that was all brendan <laughs> wow I, really they, we'll see in, in the podcast uh me begging for help and uh <laughs> and then saying go ahead go ahead just figure it out <laughs> <laughs> i mean it it felt so cohesive it felt very much like a story like it is very clear why you guys have published works out because that was really really awesome <laughs> If you guys maybe. don't work in teams, usually, maybe it's something to consider. Yeah, you know what I was thinking uh, was what we did here tonight was kind of like what a television writers' room must be like Ooh. when they're working on a like every episode. Oh, they must that. go through some of this stuff. I mean, there's a showrunner, and then yeah, there's a writing staff that. No, I understand things. why that always made sounded wow. so stressful to me. Did you feel I felt like stressful. I was a little bit yeah. frantic trying to get <laughs> get things done in the time frame and throwing out what if what about this what if we do this The the transition I like how Dave did not have the transition from planning to writing stressed me out the most because like we had really great ideas and solid ideas but then like as we kept throwing out ideas I had this like ticking clock in the back of my head that was like hey bud like the more ideas you throw out the less time you have to make them work so like either get simpler or or get shorter wow yeah I bet that was really really I mean very well done you guys i would say you guys passed this challenge with flying colors not that i really thought there was a chance you'd fail but that was just very fun i was telling dave too the other day horror is something that i like it's not a genre that i have ever been really interested in because i'm a huge scaredy cat but lately after reading Clawheart, and now i'm on to when the night bells ring and i'm excited to get to the woodkin and brendan when your book comes out in a few weeks that's on my list absolutely um i I, i'm actually looking forward to it i'm like really really you guys have converted me so uh thank you and um before we get into wrapping anything up um do you guys have any final thoughts to share plus i'm proud of us (laughs) well thank you yeah Yeah, i I think so yeah i think okay i i can't believe how much everyone wrote i wrote like eight paragraphs everyone had like 
Moby Dick out there. That was great. Can we? I'm so impressed with how much y'all wrote. Brief, can we briefly, and maybe this is a no and that's fine. We can just cut this whole bit out. But like, would it be amiss if each of us picked a part that was our favorite that wasn't our own part that we wrote? I say go for it if you guys want. Because I loved, uh, I think it was Joe wrote section one. Was that right? Section three. Who wrote section one? Dave. Me. I did love, I did audibly laugh at maybe two squirrels, maybe they're humping. I thought that was incredible. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with the squirrels outside my office window. <laughs> like I work from home and they're like always humping or fighting. I can't tell. Like one of my favorite pieces of it's like a squirrel opera. <laughs> one of my favorite pieces of being a horror writer is like those moments that you do get to infuse with like laughter or like a quick joke, like breaks the tension and lets you like change the scope so differently. And the fact that Dave was even able to do that just like on a dime writing this on the fly was like super, super impressive to me. I really love the way that the banter between the two of them in both Dave's and your section, Alex, it, it worked so oh. well that both of you did such a great job setting up that nice banter between the two of them. I feel like by the time we got to mine, it was more like, oh no, we're running in the woods and scared. And <laughs> I wasn't thinking as much about that. No, no Joe, yours, yours was great. I love the, the, the atmosphere, like the dripping moss and like just how different everything you know, you, you really were able to like dig deep into that, into the atmosphere and like that creepiness. Uh, you know, I think that it, it really gives the story depth at like a great phone, great juncture for it. So yeah, it was awesome. But Definitely. yeah, Dave, you had some great stuff. Alex, you had some great stuff. I was, I didn't even know, I was trying to figure out when y'all changed. It wasn't until the, the, I had forgotten the, the word, the, uh, the Higgledy Piggledy? <laughs> Is it that one? The Higgledy Piggledy, yeah. yeah. It was, then I was like, oh, we're in Alex uh, verse here. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have just left the numbers in the documents so we could have seen. I'll put them back in. I kind Anyways. of liked not knowing though. Yeah, I th I that's felt why like... I did it, because I felt like yeah. the story, yeah. Yeah, it felt so cohesive. And I truly couldn't tell you because you guys did such a great job of blending it, whose section started where, because they just felt, it felt so natural. It felt like a, a complete story. Mm. Yeah. There's lots of great stuff. I loved a lot of lines, but uh, yeah. when that the, the caught sight of the Converse sneakers, hairy legs, basketball shorts, <laughs> I was like, oh, gross. I love, I love that reveal. He's wearing shorts. Oh, oh I liked like, that a lot though. I liked the reveal. Because it, it was almost like, is the mysterious ranger the one who has hairy legs and basketball shorts? Oh, um, yeah. Is the murderous ranger this person? But then when it was revealed it was Barnes, then there was the moment of, is it Barnes? I thought it was just really great. I also actually. love the choices that you made, Brendan, at the end, because, I mean, obviously we started with this very classic summer camp setting. And so I'm already thinking, you know, Friday the 13th. And so your twist that it's uh, that it was his mother just made me think of the first Friday the Thirteenth, where it's it's not Jason, it's his mother. Um, so it's felt like a nice. I don't know if that was intentional, but it felt like a nice little callback to that. I guess it did sort of. Now I say, oh yeah, Mrs. Borges. Dang it! I should have should have come up with another idea, but no. But it works, and and it ties into the the book that the, the book in um in the tower, which is the witch's book. 
right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I didn't even know wow. about the book. I, I didn't even get a book. chance to read uh, your section, Joe. So that I, was I, actually, that was that Alex's cool. yeah. book. And I, as I, I was writing and I didn't really read anybody else's either. And I went oh. back and saw this thing about the book and I was like, oh, shoot, should I be using a book? Right now? <laughs> 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 no, it was very, very, oh, I, I thought it was perfect. I thought that even the parts that like, kind of faded out like the book it because the scenery had changed so much it almost felt like the book had caused that so it, it still it still lent really well to the story flowing at least for me but again i'm just massively impressed that you guys were able to do something that is so polished in the 35 minutes that you did so well done you guys um, I've already kept you way longer than I said I was going to. So thank you for sticking around before I let you go for real. Um, where can people find you? Where can our audience, our listeners find you? Uh, your audience can find me on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and threads at drunk scribe. Um, yeah, come say hi. I love meeting new people. Awesome. And um, you can find my website, Joe dash kaplan.com i also have a sub stack uh it's a newsletter called books and booze with joe kaplan where i pair horror novels with cocktails that seem like they would fit well with that um and i'm on social media at joanna perry alex that sounds right up your alley that website oh yeah joe i'm, I'm already <laughs> plotting the cold call dm that i send to joe later which is just like hey do you want to get drunk and read books what? together <laughs> <laughs> incredible i love it dave how about you uh my author website i update with all interviews and stuff that i've done um it's just davidopegard.com and i'm on instagram and i post mo mostly pictures of my cat or i bought a we bought a house a year ago and i've been trying to fix it up and i that's oh, wow. gotten me the most response far beyond anything I've ever gotten from people on Facebook <laughs> and whatever of, of my writing. They're like, oh, you're you're fixing your ice maker. You know, for some reason, people love this. Can you fix my ice maker? <laughs> it's a $50 replacement part. But the hard thing is getting in there. You're going to want one of those screwdriver things. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hex bolt. Uh, yeah. But um, that's about it. Yeah, for me. That's and Brendan, last but not least. Uh, you can find me on Goodreads, uh, Brennan Vea or Girl Among Pros. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Brendan Vea. If, if Twitter is still palatable, uh, I'm sorry, X. Um, it's at Brendan Vea <laughs> three. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all so much for participating in this challenge. It was so, so fun to have you all on. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you for having us. And Thank you, Jess. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. And to the listeners at home, you can find all our CamCat books in ebook, audiobook, and print formats on our website, camcatbooks.com, or wherever books are sold. Make sure you check out The Woodkin by Alexander James, When the Night Bells Ring by Joe Kaplan, Clawheart Mountain by David Opegaard. And Girl Among Crows coming very, very soon in November, I believe, by Brendan Veo. Um, they're all available on our website, camcatbooks.com as well. You can find CamCat Unwrapped on all major podcast platforms or watch us on our YouTube channel. And give us a follow on social media at CamCatBooks. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again and unwrapping this 
writing challenge horror edition special episode with me. My name is Jess once again, and I will see you all next time here on CamCat Unwrapped. Thank you.